what's up super right way yeah like it's, it's nuts it's nuts what people call it. it's just anything alternative to the censorship model they'll talk of as right wing yes yeah. did you hear that that's the truth any alternative to the censorship model is right wing far right but you know what the people are becoming wise and before we get into it What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Whether you're getting this on Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, it doesn't matter. Twitch, we're even on Twitch. We're everywhere because all you need is a mic, an internet connection, and some truth-telling courage, and anything can happen. So it's great to be with you. Sorry if at the beginning of this it, it, was, it was a little quiet for like the first eight seconds. I think there was a little bit of a glitch. But you know what we do? In real time, we move on. We adjust. We analyze situations. If we're wrong, we admit we're wrong. And then we don't make the same mistake again. And we move on. We keep moving forward. And we try to become better human beings every single day. So let me start off by telling you what it's like a day in the life of an apolitical man, an apolitical human being. Let's leave it at that, okay? So I... Turn on the propaganda networks, which political people might call news. And I go, I, I become in shock and I go, do people really believe this shit? I mean, this is bananas. Do people really believe the propaganda networks, which political people again, refer to as news. I mean, that's crazy. The whole thing is over. It's done. And for those of you that still buy into the narrative I think you even realize some ain't right and you're becoming more wise that no, all of a sudden in the past three years, we didn't just have this huge thing where everybody came far right, even though everything in culture is predominantly far left, but yet you're told everybody in the world is basically far right, like 98% of the population, but then what 2% of the population is really running shit. Like what's going on? So no, I'm not far right. Joe Rogan's not far right. No, what the mainstream media does is, and you know this, this is only if you're new to the Jonathan Cogan show, that if you disagree with big pharma, if you disagree with big government, you become automatically far right. And maybe you didn't get that. You didn't understand that two years ago, a year ago. Maybe you're just realizing it now. And if that's the case, that is fine. But you have to understand it is to push you away from listening to these people. It's trying to get you not to listen to Joe Rogan, not to listen to Russell Brand, not to listen to Grant Greenwald, not to listen to Jonathan Cogan, all people who are trying to tell the truth. So what I implore you to do is people who are, you're told are far right extremists. You should never listen to go listen to some of their content. See what you think. Think for yourself. You'll be surprised. You'll be like, Oh my God, these people aren't far right. Oh my God. I was duped. So be it. We were all duped, but we're here together now and all of us need to band together because if we don't all band together, we don't stand a chance. They got the corporate media. They got all the corporations. They got the government. The elites have everything in power, but we have numbers. Okay. We have courage. We have strength. We have resilience. No, Klaus Roth probably has resilience, but we have what it takes to finally break humanity free, truly free for the first time ever. And that's the new era we're going into. You're seeing the system crumble in real time. It is an incredible time to be alive. So the main topic today, which I wanted to get into, is the history of censorship. And let me sum up the history for you. It never worked in your favor, okay? It never worked for the peasants, okay? It works for dictators, authoritarian regimes, 
and people who want to squash you and control what you think and what you believe. Okay. So if you happen to be a proponent of censorship the last few years, just do your own research and admit that you were wrong and move on. Now, if you were a journalist and or are a journalist and have been an advocate for censorship, well, you should be ashamed. Okay. Because literally your career is founded on holding the most powerful institutions, the most powerful people to account. Okay. And if you ever advocate for censorship as a journalist, you are by definition, not a journalist. You are a shill for the regime. Okay. It is what it is. I don't make the rules. I just tell the truth. That's all I do. Okay. We, us, everyone. Okay. Pro-human, pro-earth, anti-tyranny. Those are the principles of the apolitical movement. Please join. Send this to anybody. Any of your friends need to be woken up. Maybe your friend just newly awakened is freaked out and be like, oh my God, I can't believe everything I've been learning is, is a lie. The food pyramid's upside down. Everything's chaos. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't worry. We're in this together. We're in this together. Point blank. Full stop. Bam, boom, pow. All right. Um, so yeah, subscribe to your podcast, Twitter at KOGZ. Check it out. All the videos are up there. They're getting a lot of traction nowadays, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good traction behind the apolitical movement. So I just want to thank you. So another part of today's podcast is gratitude. Gratitude is very important. In fact, gratitude for everything in life, you're going to have bumps. You're going to have rough days, many rough days, but to have gratitude for what you do have rather than worrying about what you don't have can be a really seismic shift in your life. Okay, this isn't a motivational podcast, but I think it's very important to say because people are often focused on all the things that they do not have or the things that they want so bad that they just don't have yet or don't know how to get there. What about the shit that you do have? Do you have food security? Do you have shelter? Are you not fighting in a war? Are, do you have friends? Do you have family? Do you have kids? Are you apolitical? All great foundations, okay? So, Try, just try. In fact, I, I really suggest that you try before you go to bed tonight for the next 30 days, write down three bullet points of things you're grateful for. Things you're grateful for like that day, things you're, you're grateful for in general, and then something like small that you experienced that day that you're grateful for. Like, oh, I'm very grateful I saw the bird outside the window. Try it. It will change. There are studies on this. These are facts. We spit facts and it comes out like fire. Okay. All right, everybody, let's get into some history of censorship, some real history. Um, oh, before we get into that, we're talking about this whole propaganda networks or news. <laughs> Does anyone call it news? Like, who are these people that call it news? Are they, are they okay? Are they mentally unstable? What's going on? So uh, I'm going to play a clip here from Mark Moss uh, talking about how, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but surely does rhyme. Well, he talks about how the Ukraine war is the outcome Dick decided by J.P. Morgan, which, by the way, J.P. Morgan has been negotiating with Ukraine to rebuild it with BlackRock. They have contracts to rebuild the infrastructure. You know, this is widely known. And then also J.P. Morgan, the real J.P. Morgan, got us in the First World War so, you know, that he can get money paid by the French, the U.K., you know, give all these debts to the to the wars like the Rothschilds do. And it's a way to keep the current financial system under wraps and the top people at the top. So when there weren't a lot of people for, to get into the First World War back then, what did J.P. Morgan do? He bought up all the media propaganda networks to influence you and your family to go fight in a war so he can make more money. Whatever the reason is, 
they, the, you got to be cautious. These propaganda networks are owned by the very same people just in modern day. They're trying to convince you. And they, guess what they said back then? It's the same thing. I don't know if it says in this clip, I'm going to play in about 30 seconds, but they said the same thing back then in World War One. We're fighting to save democracy. It's the same shtick. Okay. It's the same thing. They are trying to do the same thing, but we will not be duped again. We are pro peace. We are not going to go into world one. Well, we probably are going to, we're probably already in it, but we're going to try and stop it early and, you know, make the best of it. You know what I mean? Like work something out like peace talks. We're very radical on this podcast. Very radical, very radical. We're, 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 we're so pro peace that we should just be censored. It's crazy. So take a listen to this. Uh, it's about a minute or two, but I think it's very interesting. It's relevant to today and how in order to get us into war, the propaganda networks did what they do best, spit out propaganda. Take a listen. If you want to understand what is likely to happen in Ukraine, you have to understand the next part. You see, England and France, they were losing the war to Germany, which is, as you might imagine, it would be a huge hit and it would be a devastating blow for J.P. Morgan because... How are they going to get paid back, you know, all that money if France and England lost the war? So they had to win, right? But they didn't really have a chance unless maybe like the United States got involved. But the problem with that is that the U.S. didn't want to get into a war, right? I mean, why would they? But J.P. Morgan had a plan. Now, it's important to note that just 10 months prior, then-President Wilson won the presidency because he, quote, kept the u.s out of war but good old colonel house just like joe biden was elected to bring peace and bring people together we're so divided as a country as a nation we're going to bring this guy in to bring us together i've never seen some more divided country in my entire life secretly negotiated an agreement with england to get the u.s into the battle but there was no public support for it Everyday Americans didn't want a war overseas. They didn't want the taxes. They didn't want to send their fathers, their sons, their brothers to go die overseas. So that was a problem. But of course, no problem is too big for the banksters. What do you think J.P. Morgan did? Well, he needed the public support, so he cornered the U.S. media networks. Of course, he took control of uh, Harper Brothers Publishing House, uh, Pierpoint Morgan, New York Sun, Boston News Bureau, uh, Barron's Magazine, of course, the Wall Street Journal, you know, for starters. And then, of course, as you so might imagine. Bought, the, the point is, is that we're experiencing the same thing, just modern times, digital platforms, uh, you know, social media. It's the same thing. It's to convince you that we should fight and die for democracy. Like, it's crazy. Let's think again. Let's remind ourselves. We have God-given critical thinking skills. We can get along as peasants. The elites right now are playing a giant game of risk with your life. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with that? No matter what country you're in. Is that cool? That's not cool. Tell them to go fight, okay? Have Biden go fight. Have Hunter go over there, okay? Have Kamala go over there. Get all McConnell should go over there, okay? Those people should go fight. Let's strap them up. Give them some body armor. Maybe they don't even want body armor. Well, they don't like guns. Maybe just give them knives. Send them to the front lines and see what happens. That's what should happen. If you are fighting and arguing to go to war, you should go fight in the war. I think that is fair. Now, as we, as you know, we're radical and like peace. The point is, is that they're controlling speech. They're suppressing and censoring people who are against the narrative. Do you realize people who are against Big Pharma were censored? People who are questioning perhaps nato's influence on this whole thing 
are being silenced, are being, you know, outcasted as right wing extremists. Well, we're not all right. This is crazy. This is just rational thought. Do your research, learn history, know what happened when the Soviet Union fell, the promises that were made, that something that NATO said they would never do, they would no, never go against the, up to the borders of Russia. You should see a picture of what NATO looked like in like 1992 versus now. It's insane. It's crazy. We provoked it. It's a disaster. But the point is where we're at now is where we're at and we just want peace. But more importantly, we want to say what we want to say and not be politically censored, which brings me to a little history of censorship. So take a listen to this little clip about how censorship has basically been around as long as hmm, you, like everybody. Okay, here's a little crash course, about two minutes. Very, very good history right here. I'll play it. Let's make sure the speed's right. Here we go. Censorship is as old as human history. The earliest known example would be Socrates in 399 BC, sentenced to death for the acknowledgement of unorthodox divinities. Before the printing... So instead of sen sentencing us to death... They put us in a digital gulag. That's what they want to do to the John the Kogan show. They, they take away our YouTube channel. Then we have to go and make another one. It's a digital. You got to just relate this to modern times. The treatments are the same. They're just different. Okay. Same idea. Press. The world of censorship was very simple. If someone said something and you wanted them to stop, you kill them. By the time of the Romans, banishment, fines, or imprisonment were also typical forms of censorship. This situation continues throughout the Middle Ages, with the Catholic Inquisitions murdering those who offended the faith in Europe, and the same being seen in the Islamic world. The Prophet Muhammad even had Jewish poets executed for mocking him through poetry. Only with the invention of the printing press does this change. Texts are cheaper and faster to produce, leading to a more universalized ability to exchange opinions. Burn a man and his books now, and you are likely too late to stop the spread of his ideas. The Catholic establishment... So that was one of the biggest things that ever happened in history with the printing press. Basically, what, the, the, what made elites elites is that they had special access to information that then they told all the peasants. And so when the internet came around and more information was published on the internet than all of human history, and you have access to everything at your fingertips, literally, if you have a smartphone... You now have access to all the information that the elites have, which they used to kind of bottleneck. And then that made them leaders because they had to tell you or they, they got the words from God or they got the words from ancient texts that only they have access to. And then they told you if you were a good peasant, if they deemed you, it was basically a social credit score system back then. OK, and you were a slave and the printing press came and the elites have been playing catch up ever since. And now with the Internet, it's over. You have access to all the information and they're losing their grip and you're experiencing them try to hold on to their power while they still have it. And they're losing it and the peasants are coming together and we are becoming free and we must protect our speech. The most important speech to protect is political speech. OK, and I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't so long ago that the government would go to Twitter and be like, oh, these people are saying something like this. Oh, my God, they're questioning COVID. Oh, my God, they're questioning scientific experimental injections. What should we do? Let's silence them. Let's delete their accounts. Okay, FBI, no problem. It's insanity, okay? That literally happened. It's, it's literally still coming out right now. It's insanity, okay? We cannot have that. The last time I checked, when government and big business fused together to work together against the peasants, it was never good for us, okay? So why would you think they're on your side now? So all these people who used to be anti-war, pro-free speech are now pro-censorship, pro-war, uh, pro-big business, pro-big pharma, pro-CIA, surveillance, NSA. It's crazy. 
But you got to think when someone takes over these establishments that has different different political ideologies that you do and has control of these powerful institutions, are you okay with that? And the answer is no, then you shouldn't be okay with that power yourself. That's the thing. Are you okay with your biggest enemy having control of the very institutions that you have control of now? If the answer is no, then step back and say, I'm peace, I'm pro-free speech, and I'm on team peasant. It's very simple stuff. Very simple stuff. And once you start getting people in trouble and jailing them or deplatforming them for political speech, you're in big trouble, okay? Because that is when things really cross a line. And what do I mean by that? I'll play a, uh, a little crash course here on why political speech is so important to protect. Strongest protection is political speech. Criticism of, but also praise for particular officials, their parties, or their policies is usually protected. It's given what is called preferred position, which means that any law or regulation or executive act that limits political speech is almost always struck down by courts. The big case that made pretty much the final decision on political speech was Brandenburg versus Ohio in 1968. In this case, a Ku Klux Klan leader was making a speech that, as you can imagine, was offensive to a lot of people and could have been considered threatening too. The court ruled that because the speech was political, it was protected by the First Amendment, no matter how outrageous it was. The court said the constitutional guarantees of free speech and free press do not permit a state to forbid or prescribe advocacy of the use of force or of law violation, except where such advocacy is directed to inciting or producing imminent action and is likely to produce such action. According to the court, the First Amendment protects speech even if it advocates the use of force or encourages people to violate the law. So you can advocate overthrowing the government or not paying your taxes as much as you want, unless what you say is likely to produce the thing you're advocating, overthrowing the government. And it is likely to happen imminently, meaning very soon after you make the statement this case limited an older standard regarding so there's much more on that very very good but oh january 6th yeah overthrowing the government nobody had weapons i mean it's crazy that doesn't make you it just makes you someone who does your own research and and, and apolitical to realize that do you literally the united states is the strongest force government body whatever you want to call it in the history of the world if you think a bunch of average republican peasants Okay, far right peasants, whatever you want to call them, Trump supporting peasants are going to go to a capital overthrow the U.S. government. Are you out of your throat? Okay, you can't even have Russia overthrow the government. China can not even, probably can't even do it. Okay, like it's crazy. Let's get our heads on straight. We forgot what it's like to do critical thinking. And for the past three years, it was like, oh, wow, look, look, that person's doing his own research. Oh, my God, what an idiot. Oh, my God, look, that clown is reading. <laughs> I mean, what happened, people? It used to be cool to read. It used to be cool to do your own research. It used to be cool to debate. It used to be cool to be friends with people who have opposite political views that you do. That used to be awesome. And we're bringing it back. You know why? Because this is the biggest apolitical movement, not in 75 years, not in 100 years, not in 2,000 years, ever, ever, all time, Egyptians, Greeks, uh, Rome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is the biggest of all time. Otherwise, we might go to the dark ages. No, we're probably not going to the dark ages. That'd be very weird with the internet. Could you imagine? We're all in caves, but we all we're all on like Twitter. That'd be very interesting. That'd be fascinating. <sighs> Listen, I want to tell you something. I'm dead serious. It's amazing to be alive right now. It's fantastic. Times are rough. They're gonna get more rough. People are probably going to go fight World War III. It's going to be a multipolar world. Who knows what happens to the world reserve currency of the U.S. dollar. This world's going to look a lot different in 30 years than it does right now. But I promise you, the humans, the peasants are going to be more free than ever before. 
According to the computer system by Martin Armstrong, who has predicted successfully many financial scenarios since the 80s or 70s, says that his computer set, Socrates is the name of the computer program, it, it covers everything in the world, all events, and then predicts markets, says that actually he said in March there's going to be um, like a recession. So it's gonna, something's going to happen with the markets this month potentially. And said in the early 2030s, like 2033, he said that Socrates says that the nation states are going to dissolve. <laughs> They're not, it's, it's like Socrates like basically said in the early 2030s, like that's it for nation states. Like the computer program just ends. Okay. It's crazy. It's gotten like everything right from like 1980. Yeah, like it literally in the 2030s, nation states will cease to have power. I think we're going, I think we're making that shift right now. I think you're experiencing the current power structure lose control and we are going to be decentralized. Things are going to be distributed. Things are going to, people are going to be more, everything's going to be more privatized. There's not going to be this monopoly on violence that we've had for hundreds of years now. And uh, the U S hegemony isn't going to be what it has been our whole life. And that is probably a good thing. That is probably a great thing. Okay. If you're not in the United States, then you know, that's a good thing. Cause we're probably the world's terrorists and everyone knows that. Okay. If you're in the U S that's rough. Okay. I'm in the U S I understand, but it's good for everybody. Multipolar world's probably good, but I just hope we can get there safely. I hope world war three isn't just absolutely crazy. All right. I hope we don't have contained nuclear explosions. I hope we can come to peace agreements. I hope that, you know, we don't just bomb the shit out of all these countries and just blow people up because we're losing our grip as, as, as the power, as the hegemony of we are the unipolar world. We're losing it and we don't want to lose it. That's what the U S government's take is, you know, the Rockefeller great piece, by the way, on the Rockefellers who, by the way, that's like the CIA and the deep state. And you got the Rothschilds. Are we experiencing the financial collapse and, you know, which is the 500 year cycle. And so that's why there's all this friction. And, uh, I don't know if that letter is true, what Jacob Rothschild just wrote to the British government saying that, that Putin is the biggest risk ever since Hitler and we need to stop him. And then we got to stop Xi Jinping because they threatened the financial. I don't know if that was a real letter. Reuters fact check says it wasn't, but they lie. I just don't know. I don't have proof that it is or isn't. But uh, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I think this is the end of their dominance. And uh, it is what it is. That's why I think the future does rely on Bitcoin, but that's not financial advice. It's just a personal feeling based on research. And by the way, it's cool to do your own research. So long story short, censorship is bad for the people. Okay. It's good for the elites. It's good for dictators, authoritarian regimes. You're not in that. Okay. You're not in that. Okay. So if you've been going along with the narrative this whole time, you might want to back off because before you know it, you're going to be in the gulag. All right. We're all going to be in the gulag. This doesn't end good for any of us. Okay. So we must band together. We must wake up the masses and become lions. Turn sheeps into lions, baby. And we also must reproduce. More, twice as many people died last year in the country of Japan than were born for the first time ever. So twice as many people died in Japan last year than were born. Population freefall and the rest of the world is trending that way. I've been telling you this, okay? China, by the end of the decade, could be over because of their population collapse. They're going to half. By 2050, there's more 70 year olds and 60 year olds and 50 year olds and 40 year olds down all the way. They have like no kids. All right. The millennials are big. So the U.S. will probably be okay. But don't forget what it's if you have all these boomers and all the biggest population of all time getting sick and needing, you know, hospitals, all this stuff, and there's no workforce to support it. What's going to happen? 
the whole system collapsed. It's crazy. So Europe, you're in big trouble. Asia, you're in big trouble. The U.S. probably be fine, but who's going to take care of all these seven-year-olds and six-year-olds? So you must reproduce, okay? You must reproduce. You're being told, you know, you know, you shouldn't have kids this early. Go have kids. Go have at least two kids. You need 1.8 for replacement or 1.7. Start reproducing. Take off that condom, fertilize the eggs, and reproduce. It's okay. Have multiple spouses. It doesn't matter. It probably does matter, actually. You probably should have one. But reproduce. We need more people. We need more people part of this team. And that's just the way it is. I thought that was very interesting. I thought you'd find that interesting, too. I don't want to go on any further. That's all I got today. Luckily, there's no crazy banana news going on. I mean, there is here and there. Yes. You know, there, there's crazy stuff going on. I'm really worried about the Ukraine-Russia war. I'll update you that in tomorrow. But the point of today is don't advocate for censorship. If you're a journalist who advocates for censorship, get back on the right side of history, you clown. Okay? Wherever you get your Jonathan Kogan show, please subscribe. Please share with three friends, maybe two, maybe one. I don't care. Share with a brother, sister, mother, daughter, father, son. It doesn't matter. Share with anybody. This is an open revolution, a political revolution. We're bringing power back to the people, for the people, of the people, by the people, the people, the people, the people. You can watch it on Twitter at KOGZ. Subscribe on YouTube and subscribe on Rumble. And until tomorrow, I love you. Have an amazing morning, amazing afternoon, amazing night, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for being part of this movement. I genuinely appreciate that. And if you do want to donate and support the pod and support the movement, patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. And that's it. Or you can buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash JSK for Jonathan Scott Kogan. Thank you for listening to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'll see you later. Fischetta, it's better.